1: All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Adav and the Faro, straight out of Rock in New York. At the board, Spidey, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. It feels good to be back. It does feel good. It's been how many, what, three weeks?
2: It's been like three Th- weeks, Three-week
3: yeah. hiatus, right? Yeah. What did you do, like an Aaron Rodgers thing? You went into the darkness or something? Was this a darkness retreat?
0: I was sick for a week, and then I had work, kind of like overtime, I guess you could say. And then something else happened the third
2: week.
3: I heard you were ninety percent towards them. leaning towards retirement when you came out of the darkness.
1: Yeah, but I'm back. It's come nice. comeback season. Ninety percent leaning towards 90%. you. Yeah. So I want to welcome everybody for coming back on this wonderful Thursday. The first lady Maria Davis, Roy up? Batiste, Phil. How are you? What up? A what mess. Up? Welcome, uh-huh. Bobby Farmer. What's up? Happy Thursday. What up? What up? Yes. Oh. How are you? Uh, Who else is there? We always want to welcome you to Long Island's number one. And...
3: I don't think we should be doing that no more. Why? I think we should be calling ourselves the world's number one broadcast. Wait
1: a minute. You know I'm all about not lying and doing. That's that not type lying. Of stuff. No, but it's... haven't you
3: heard? No, I haven't. Jim Beam said so. That's right. You haven't heard?
1: <laughs> you? This is this is not a debate anymore. We actually want to welcome our new sponsor, Jim Beam, <laughs> ah, yeah. to the world. Yes, number one pro wrestling broadcast, and how to start it off none better than with the great Ahmad Johnson oh, in is, the house. This is fabulous. But we want to thank the Monty DeFaro family. If it wasn't for your guys' support through all our trials and tribulations, yes. this opportunity oh would have never come our way. Oh, so yeah. we thank you all. God bless you, everybody. God bless everybody. All right. All right. So moving forward, the world's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Don't like it? Too bad. Drink up. <laughs> John Romita Sr., co-creator of Wolverine Kingpin, Mary Jane, and more Marvel characters have passed away. Yeah. It's a sad day for the publishing world as John Romita Sr., which, by the way, I have a signature. You oh, do. Oh, yes, I do. Lovely. Lovely of all the sinister, the sinister oh, six, or, God. the five, or whatever. Do you, do
3: do you realize who we lost here? Fill the fill the fan, uh, fill you, everybody in, man. You, well, first of all, John Romita Sr. is basically in the top five all-time greatest, most important, you know, comic book artists. Um, he began on Daredevil. Stanley, you know, recognized his greatness. He had done some work there in the fifties. Uh, for DC, believe it or not, he had done a lot of little different things, and uh, Stan Lee caught on to uh, the fact that this guy was mega talented, and asked him, would you possibly do me a few drawings, Ramita broke out his idea of what Daredevil should look like, Daredevil had already been starred, but he gave him, you know, an awesome couple of drawings of Daredevil, and he was like, I want this guy to do Spider-Man for me because he was fighting with Steve Ditko, right. the original great artist of Spider-Man. And uh, Ramita is responsible not just for, you know, the Wolverines and the Kingpins and the Mary Janes. The guy was behind Rhino. Wow. Okay. Rhino. He's behind Rhino. He's also behind the death of Gwen Stacy. Wow. With the Green Goblin. Very good. And not only that, his seed was so powerful that his son, you know, John Romita Jr. was responsible for a lot of great characters, too legendary run in the X-Men. The the family line. This is the bloodline. It's right here.
1: Pretty impressive. Ramita Sr. and Ramita Jr. I'm more amazed that you know all this stuff. I'm a comic book freak. You know that. And all I do is have a picture on my board. You got the autograph. I just got the information. You're the one who's going to eat well tonight. I could just tell stories. More importantly, everybody, and everybody's got to weigh on this because this is really important. Studies just came out. Oh, come on. Um, The penal length dating penal length Dating back to penile length. Penile length. Like penal. length. Right, you out there? I hope you're watching this one. Like, get a load of this. Go Eisenberg, ahead. he and his team compiled data of 75 studies conducted between 1942 and <laughs> 2021 on nearly 56,000 men. They found the average erect <laughs> penis length increased, <clears throat> increased, increased by twenty four percent over the last twenty nine years. Okay, the trend has apparently uh, was apparent in different regions of the world. He said, "How's it hanging?" <laughs> the average erect penis <laughs> f- size for an American man is five point three five inches.
3: That's terrible. It is not. Oh boy, talking about selling ourselves short. That's awful. 5.35? That's horrendous. You don't even got a half a foot. Spidey, what 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 are you thinking about that? 5.35? Spidey.
2: A wreck. Jimmy must be built different.
3: You're damn right, I built different. But let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you a question, Spidey. Are you are you are you in the on the 5.35 range?
2: I'd kill to be in the 5.35. Oh
1: my god! <laughs> There's no shame there, dude. That's a small. To ask that's a small contribution to society, Spidey. That's what I do. If, if 5.35
3: is. 5.3 for, for a mod? I don't, I'm afraid to get the answer from Ahmad. Oh, geez. here's a real scary part: yeah. American yeah. males
1: were bested by northern neighbors in Canada, <laughs> clocking in thirteenth <13th>
3: place. <laughs> Wait, Canada? French Canadians? Oh, we we. Oh
1: my, that's God. that's horrible. Here's a list. <laughs> Yo, want to put, put that list up. Ladies hit Ecuador. Ecuador we got a six point nine three. We, we got to say,
3: wow, they got like you know baseball bats over there. Cameroon. Cameroon?
1: Where's Cameroon?
3: I don't know. Somewhere over there. I don't know. I have Bolivia. No all right,
1: Tony Atlas, Bolivia, six point five. Ah,
3: but in the sands of
1: Sudan, <laughs> six point eight. The United States at number sixty at five Dude,
3: 35. we are. Dude. We really came up. We short. We beat the United Kingdom. Man. I'm feeling mighty small. Yeah, the Brits are actually. Their wankers aren't doing too well, are they? Yeah. France even beats us. Well, they're romantic. Canada. Yeah, this Terrible. is this is awful, dude. They got bigger wieners in Egypt.
1: <laughs> can't stop it
3: but they should though because in Egypt they have pharaohs so that's so really maybe where that's I what it be. is I maybe mean for god's sake I'm like seven what is this garbage this is terrible especially when I'm excited I'm seven you that's think pretty, well what? that's what the, that's correct did they and how do they go about this okay get in the line yes and what did they do rub their rub their genitals. I think they go okay. from, I think they go alright let's the, see what uh, is what is the, what is I, what is the we,
1: section between the hole and the the nuts. What is that called? The what? what the cooch. F- I don't know. I don't <laughs> think it's called the, the shaft. G- aren't you talking no, about that? No, no, the, the gap. Is, anyway, the you, me- you measure from that spot to the top of your penis. That's ridiculous, right? man. That is
3: ridiculous. I'm, I've heard of a foot-long Frank. We're not even a half-foot
1: Dude, if you're seven inches, you're you're bigger than yeah. every country in the world. Well, I'm bigger than every country in the world.
3: Wow. That's the way it goes. And uh, let's not get into width. I want to study next week on
1: width. Because this train gets stuck in every tunnel. Listen, I what? Look, here's, look. You <laughs> can measure penis size by this. This is. It's, what so is everything, that? Everything in your body is that su- the width? Every no. That's everything terrible. in your body is symmetrical, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is my penis size. Let me see yours. Oh, you're doing fine. Let me see yours. That's fine. Let I me see yours. Oh, Jesus! God. I think you might be in trouble. Now don't put them together. I gotta go like this. <laughs> That's a- <laughs> yeah, I got to go about like this. Think, I think he's cheating. I'm not
3: cheating in the least. I'm actually very faithful. Wow, look at this shit. Wow, right. yeah, June
1: 22nd. Like that. That's next week, next Thursday. Tommy Cairo in studio. Nice. I have nice. something called the Tommy Cairo story. Tommy awesome. Cairo. Former ECW original. Yes. Tons of stories. Yes, uh, yes, Tommy yes. had some elf issues within the last yeah. year. Wasn't he stung by something? Well, let him tell. He has got stung something? by a jellyfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll let him, he'll get into it. Okay. okay. June 24th. That's a Saturday, 11 a.m. We've oh got Big God. Brother star JoJo. Hey, can we measure studio. that day? You're going to need two rulers. Wow. I mean, come on. Look at that. What are you talking and then, uh, and then on June 29th, the wife of Wahoo McDaniel, Miss Karen McDaniel, who, how, by the way, is she, stunningly beautiful. She is, number stunningly one. Beautiful. How
3: did you get Wahoo McDaniel's wife? How does this work?
1: Hello, because, because we are, Wahoo because McDaniel's we wife? are the world's number one pro-wrestling broadcast.
3: Because Jim Beam said so.
1: <laughs> All right, listen, it's going to get tough some hard We've been doing this Long Island shtick for a long time. Oh, that's enough oh, of that. It's going to be no, hard to break What are you talking it, about, fling? I would What's like done? to thank the band that sings a the theme song for Monty the and Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner, Bart Griggs, make up the fan, hmm. Mysterio Hall. What, man? Mysterio Hall sings such a... Tr- Songs is in my dreams. This life not far behind. Far but uh, here comes the rain. You can yeah. find their music on the Whistler Hall YouTube page. Yes, Just go hit there, like and subscribe. Yes, yes. And then while you're at it, hit the Monty, like and subscribe. Triple yes. Download their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Reverb Nation. If you didn't know, it, you are watching the world's number one pro wrestler. Natural already. Monty DeFaro. Catch us on the Monty DeFaro YouTube page, Monty DeFaro Facebook Live page. Hear us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, and catch us on the Monty DeFaro the Twitch TV. Home. Hold page. on.
3: Hold on. Spidey, take that off. That says Long Island. Take that off. Keep going. Well, he, no, no, it says fix, Long Island. We, we, have to, we have to get the new graphic. But All in right. the meantime, that is fraudulent. We're the world. If you're
1: lucky enough to live in New yeah. York where you'll get the consolidated version of oh, this nice. great WWE, WCW, Pro wrestler Ahmad Johnson right. on Channel One Fifteen every Tuesday at nine thirty PM and Saturday at eleven AM mm-hmm. and Channel Twenty of Tuesdays at seven PM where over a hundred and fifty thousand people watch us weekly.
3: You know, even my mother watches. I couldn't believe it. Unbelievable. I, she was like, "I saw you on TV the other night. I had no clue what you guys were talking about, but it was interesting. Very I good." Was like, oh, well, my mom always like her, to right hear from your mom. Yeah, she check it in. I was like, wow, and shocking. we're
1: part of something called the new app Intuitive. Yes, spelled it, I-N-2-I-T-I-V-E. It's a free app. Download it for free. You got movies. You got documentaries. You got everything, man. It 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 totally rocks. Yep. It totally rocks. It's it's free.
3: Yeah. It's free. uh, Unlike those overrated Netflix and Hulu, this shit is not overrated and it's free. Yeah. It's perfect.
1: Absolutely. It's perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it has us. And it has us as the anchor show. There you go. We'll be right back with who we consider a good friend of the show, Mr. Ahmad Johnson. I love Ahmad. We shall return in a moment. Sir? Ah. Manscaped? Uh Uh-huh. You know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid cuz it says weed whacker. I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped. What are you thinking about love Manscaped, it. dude? Love, love it. What do
2: you use it for? Necessity. What, what don't I use it for? Put it this way, the only hair I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh, you see these wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. <laughs> that is it. That's all I that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the So big. manscaped? is there, a you,
1: must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse. <laughs> than just hair, yeah, right?
2: Hair on a woman, hair on a man, it's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy.
1: Go for it. You're doing a deed. <laughs> yes. Again, I don't <laughs> want you to have to admit this because we, as men, we try not to admit this, but if you're going to uh, go do a deed he, on a woman, I know would you rather going. have her be Hairless or a little hair racing stripe or <laughs> racing stripe full retro bush
2: racing well, retro stripe retro bush is out yes thank retro you retro bush is out yeah um i don't mind a small well manicured landing strip <laughs> every now and then if it's completely and i'm talking like baby's ass bald mm. then i i start where is that pedophilia line that I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. interesting. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit.
1: So if the landing strip
3: is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that?
2: If the landing strip is, has, like I said, well manicured, yeah, you yeah. can see both sides. It's not. Like blinking lights on both sides of that landing? I just don't, I don't want, you know, <laughs> I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that. Gotcha. As well. yeah, oh, yeah, but look what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest, though. Gotcha. So, hey. The, ah. The older I get, though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, as
3: I found
1: as, it. I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? then... What is retro? Absolutely. Retro. You're like,
2: Whoa. Wow. Yeah, like it pops out. Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, tr- I muster through. I muster up the you courage. to a trooper. he's a trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper. Yeah.
3: He's a trooper. <laughs> gotta give him A. You know, not all,
2: all. Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. Uh, there listen,
3: you
1: go.
2: I couldn't. Super
1: I couldn't say. Well, if you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The Weed Whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room,
3: close the door, and hang out with the Weed Whacker for a little while. Man, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult
1: films, if that's what you're getting huh? Yeah, There you go. With yeah, well, that, we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, anyway. and we back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a drop kick second. Uh. A drop. All right, welcome back to the world's number one pro wrestling broadcast, really? Monty DeFaro, what? and here's our special guest, Mister Ahmad Johnson. How are you, sir? <laughs> can you hear us? Where is he?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, all, okay. right. All, right. all right, all right. I'd be nervous. Man, you scared us. There. It must be that
1: Red Sox jersey you're wearing.
3: By the
0: way, Phil out there <laughs> has corrected a few things. Kill? It's called
1: the Taint. Okay, that is between that the a hole your- and the the uh, balls. Maud, you want to
3: measure in on this uh, survey about the length of uh, America's wieners?
0: Well, you got me sitting here measuring mine now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, would you pull out a yardstick or something, or what's the story?
0: <laughs> how we How we doing, I, I don't how we doing survey over there? Is right, man. <laughs> I, I believe the American men are the men. I don't. I don't believe that survey. The American men are the men. Yeah. You know, like it, some man. women say, it's not the size. Right. It's the motion of the ocean.
1: There you the go. the motion of the ocean. By the way, That's you nice. look fantastic, man. Holy cow. What are you doing with yourself Thank you. nowadays? You look great.
0: Man, I'm just trying to cut this weight down and, and trying to get back on board, man.
1: Have you... Did you always have a problem with your weight? I mean, obviously, you were built like a brick shit house. I yeah, get that, right? Yeah. But, you know... Most heavy lifters like yourself, we all fall into – I don't want to put myself in this category. I'm just saying. I got a
3: big dude, to um, lift.
1: That's fine. Weight is a problem. Have you always battled with your weight from a younger person till now?
0: Yes. It, it, it took, you know, time to get down to small as I was. So it, it was – I stopped. I mean, I stopped working out for a little while, and it just, like, bloomed, man. mm because I wasn't touching any weights.
1: What was the heaviest you got?
0: The heaviest I got, I would say close to 500.
1: Get Holy f- cow. Wow. Get out. Yeah. And what are you at now? Because you look great. You do. You look fantastic. Uh,
0: now I'm, I'm down to, like, three.
1: Three. Wow. You look great, man. Congratulations. Keep it up, man. Thank How you. How's your uh, blocking ability? You want to play for the Jets by any chance?
0: <laughs> what do you think about Rogers being there? Oh,
3: I love it. Were you kidding me? He's telling me not to say the magic words of, you know, SB, that last game of the season. I'm not allowed to say it. But I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking pretty big right
1: now. I'm pretty happy about it. Why don't you weigh in on that? Uh, what are your thoughts? How far are, are New York Jets gonna go?
0: Um I think they might make it to playoffs. Might? Wow,
3: what a glowing! Yeah, they might make it. What do you mean, might? What is this might stuff? We won seven games with a high school quarterback last year. Aaron Rodgers Wait, is you, not going to get into the playoffs. I, I
0: must correct myself on that. Then they will be in the playoffs. <laughs> Thank I feel like you. That. That's
1: better. You see but that? That, you know that's the problem. this is What's not it? wasn't just a be in a playoff move. You know what I mean?
3: Well, I tell you what, you got to start somewhere. So let's start with winning our division and getting in the
1: playoffs. Right? Win a round. And we'll see what happens. How's that sound? All right, let's let's address the elephant in the room. Why are you wearing a Red Sox jersey yeah. right now? What's up with that?
0: Well, a fan sent it to me. <laughs> okay. And, and like I can tell you before, I don't even know anybody on a red socks. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Sox. But a fan sent it to me, and it was a great gift, man. So I, I wore. It. They sent me the hat, a uh, big collector's book, and everything. Okay.
1: Nice. Is it comfy? The jersey's comfy.
0: Yeah, well, very gotta- comfy.
1: We're gonna have to send you some New York stuff, man. I can't have yeah, you this is really going on people's cool. shows wearing the red socks, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. We so last cool. time we saw you, we were like uh COVID era and stuff. Did you avoid getting COVID at all?
0: Yes, sir, I did. Nice. I, I never I, I avoided it. How? I don't know, but I did.
1: And I saw well, that I you know were what, up in how got there. Well you were up in Bunch New York. Prayers recently. and blessings, ha- man. All right, good. That's the way it should be. You were up in New York recently? How did that go? All the signings. How does how is it seeing all the fans? How how is the fans reception towards you?
0: Oh, bro, it was great, man. I mean, New York has some of the best fans out there, and they are wrestling fanatics. So yeah, I, I did great down there, man. It, it was something something to see.
3: How does it make you feel after all these years? You got all these people showing up to see you. You feel you must feel pretty good about your career in uh, hindsight.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I just turned 60, man, so yeah. I feel pretty good about it.
3: He turned 60? Wow. that's fantastic. You look great. What the hell I'm is your secret? You. What is your secret? I look like, you know, a corpse with, with long hair. Oh, my God. This you is- know, there's
0: some stuff called um snail uh, slime stuff that you can use. What is it? called? And it's, it's been working great on me, but it's, what? it's slime from a snail.
3: Slime from a snail? Slime. So what do you do What do do you do with it?
0: You you don't put it on your wiener, do you? I mean, what do you do no. with this stuff? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You, it fuck. comes into like a little bottle, man. You just scoop some out and, and, you know, put it on your forehead. On
3: your forehead?
0: Really? Not that forehead. The other day, one on the top.
3: <laughs> well, two heads are better than one. Maybe I'll put them on both.
0: There you yeah, go. That's what they say.
3: Ahmad, let's talk a little bit about, you know... Uh, I, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with the way this is phrased here, but, you know, a lot of people say you didn't reach your full potential. I'm paraphrasing right. what I'm reading from here. You know, your impact on the wrestling industry, though, however, as a trailblazing African-American wrestler... I don't think that should be overlooked. You had a powerful presence and, a, and definitely a unique character. You left a lasting impression on the fans, as you know. You just pointed out from your New York trip, and you paved the yes. way for future diverse representation in pro wrestling. Do you look at yourself as a trailblazer? How do, you, how do you feel about the impact that you left for other African-American wrestlers, and is it overlooked?
0: Yes, I think it is, and the fact that I opened the door for it in the WWF, I was the first one to open the door for it. I mean, I think it is being overlooked. You know, one reason, because Vince is still mad at me for when I left. You know, and the second reason, he told me that he was going to erase me from history.
1: Mm.
3: Can I ask you what sort of argument there was? I I, I know it's personal, and I don't know how much of it you've divulged in the past, but if you can possibly answer, what went down when Vince was like, I'm going to erase you forever? What sort of conversation is that?
0: It was, well, let me give you the whole story. The true commission, you know, is from South Africa, supposedly. And he wanted me to go out and let them hang me with a rope on national television. I mean, I know it's fake and it's not real, but still, I just thought about how many little kids I would affect with that, me being hung from a rope. So we got into a little, you know, backstage argument and I just grabbed my stuff and I left.
1: Was there any communication from him afterwards? Like, all right, things got heated, come back, or was it, that was it, it was over?
0: No, brother, Vince ain't going to come back to you. He expected you to come back to him, but I, I'm not that type. I wasn't going to come back to him or call him. If he wanted me, he could have called me, but no, that, that's all my game there. So
1: last time you were on, we touched base on Ron Simmons very lightly. For me as a fan and being who you are and the incredible athlete, Uh, Ron Simmons was, you were both driving towards a mission, actually uh, bringing black athletes to a higher level within the World Wrestling Federation at the time. Why Why did you two have so many problems with each other? I never understood that.
0: Well, you know, Ron admitted on a podcast that he was on that he was jealous of me. He actually admitted that he was jealous of me. I think him being the first black world champion with WCW and then me being the first black champion with WWF, I think he thought he was going to get that honor. And here I am, a kid basically coming off the streets and, you know, doing what people tried to do for years.
3: Were you disappointed in Ron Simmons' attitude towards this? Because after all, I would think that, especially in those days, one for all all for one, would have been the much better way to go about this rather than have a pissing contest with you.
0: No, I think the whole nation was jealous, and they weren't the only ones. I mean, I remember when I had Yokozuna, Zuna I slammed him, I went backstage when Vince gave me the, the match, and I told Yoko, this is like my second match there, and I told Yoko that I've got to pick him up and slam him, and then Yoko told me, well, you can go ahead, but I'm not going to jump for you. And he didn't jump at all. It was like they were trying to embarrass me, but I got him up anyway and slammed him.
1: Wow. So, Yokozuna, who was friends with all those guys, he was going out of his way to give you to, to try to make you look bad.
0: Right, to, to make you look, you know, I couldn't do it. But he was surprised to him that I got him up without his help.
1: You know, the WWE puts together these really nice documentaries, especially on A&E recently. And, uh, you know, you you just brought up Yokozuna. Yokozuna, sorry. Um, How was he towards you besides that one situation you just explained?
0: Oh, after that, we had a conversation back in the locker room about it. I was pretty pissed. And um, after that point, man, we were cool from that point on.
3: Were you disappointed at the fact of all the trash talk that's been said about you over the years? I would assume you are, but I, I, wanted, I want you to spell something out for me because when I heard this, it kind of, I wanted you to answer for yourself. I've heard th- it said that you did not love this business or respect this business and you just weren't into anything about wrestling. You were just cashing a check. Can you clear that up for the fans? Do, you, do What does Ahmad Johnson feel about the wrestling business, especially in those days when you were doing it?
0: You know, the main drive I had was the fans. I mean, if it wasn't for the fans, there would have been no Ahmed Johnson because the way they got behind me and gave me energy and, you know, on the reel. And that intensity, that just came out. That's just me. And they've been trying to duplicate that for years and haven't done it yet. But that intensity was something, man, that came from the fans that helped drive me.
3: How about your backstage altercations uh, with Austin and Vader? Can you shed any light on these these uh, incidents? With what now? Uh, backstage altercations. There's been, you know, talk about backstage alterc- altercations with like Stone Cold or Vader. Do uh, you care to shed any light on those on those two?
0: No, I don't. I don't remember any backstage competition between them. I didn't know they was having problems.
1: Oh, okay, all right. I was just curious. That's fine. Yeah. Uh you team with Shawn Michaels, won the tag team championship. Um, that's when Shawn was probably at his worst, right? That was that was the old oh, Shawn yeah. Michaels, right? It's
3: quite the combo, too. I'm trying to picture uh, you two backstage, like, "Hey, great match, pal."
1: How? <laughs> How was how was your
0: relationship
1: <laughs> with Shawn Michaels?
0: Um fake. I mean he he <laughs> was, you know, when in front of your face he's one way, but behind your back he's a totally different way. And that's about the time he, you know they started smelling themselves. And he really <laughs> thought he was Captain Yao. So
1: Dark Side of the Ring uh just had its first episode with C- Chris Candido and Sonny. And the reason I'm yes, bringing it uh, up is we're just discussing Shawn Michaels. You were around at that time. Uh,
0: yes. What,
1: what was it like? Was it uncomfortable with with all the scenarios that all the fans heard about Sonny with all the wrestlers? And how did you feel about Chris Candido? And did that upset you when you saw Sonny having sex with Shawn behind Candido's back and whatever else?
0: Right, it didn't, you know, it didn't upset me because I didn't know Chris that well. But it made me, I feel sad for him, man. You know, because he knew what was going on. Don't let everybody tell you he didn't. He knew what was going on, but he didn't want to mess his position up with the company. Although they didn't use him right, I don't think. They used him as jobbers, and, and Christian Candido had ability, big-time ability. But uh it, it just made me sad, man, to, to see a man that low. You know what I'm saying?
1: What did that make you feel towards Shawn Michaels or maybe some of the other wrestlers, right? We've asked this question to other guys that have been in the studio and they've had all different thoughts. Uh, I'll use uh, Scott Hall, for example. Scott Hall said, I don't get involved in anyone's problems and it was basically Candido's issue and he could care less and if Shawn wanted to get his, he could get his. What are your thoughts on that type of comment?
0: Well, I I agree with Scott but the fact that it's something that you couldn't look away from. It's like a train wreck. You can't look away from it. Mm. I mean, he was doing what he did to Chris, and they didn't even try to hide it most times. Like I remember one time I was walking down to the in the back, going to the curtain, and Sunny's coming one way, and Sean slapped her on her butt. With Chris, then right there. So mm. them, that was just sad, man.
1: Did Sonny ever proposition you with your time in the WWE?
0: No, I think she got the message that time on uh, uh, the interview when she was rubbing oil on <laughs> my chest. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. I and do. I told yes. her my mom always, yeah, and I told her my mom always told me to take trash out and never bring it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she didn't like me after that.
3: She didn't like it, huh? Unbelievable. No, she didn't
0: like that at all.
3: Hey, if you had it your way, would you, would you in a perfect world where you could express your feelings without due penalty, would you punch Shawn
1: Michaels right in the kisser?
0: Yes.
3: Nice. Very nice.
1: And your feelings yes. on Shawn Michaels now changing his life, do you think that's fake?
0: I, you know, it's hard to believe. I mean, he was such a, a diva. It's hard to believe that he's changed totally. But if he is, more power to him. If he's not, then he's fooling the world all over again. Thoughts on Sonny
1: as a human being, from what you know of her? Obviously, she's in jail, hopefully for life, but Ahmad Johnson's thoughts on Sonny?
0: Well, it goes back to that interview once again. I mean, trash, you take it out, brother, you don't bring it in. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. Crick and Beetle bring it in. Mm-hmm. Instead of breaking it off with her and let her do what she want to do. Um,. I believe she was a bad person all the way around, man. She wasn't this, a good girl all the way around.
3: This is a strange question, but I'll, I'll try to give it a shot. Um, talking about Bruce Pritchard, uh, Bruce Pritchard claims he was almost world champion but held himself back. Any thoughts on the, on that comment from Bruce Pritchard?
0: He said what now?
3: He was saying that he claimed
1: that he was almost world champion. But held himself back. That you held yourself back, Ahmad, that they had plans oh, for you to be the world it. champion.
0: <laughs> no, what I heard was that behind the curtain, Shawn Michael told Vince that the American wasn't ready for a black champion yet. Mm. Because I was going to have to fight him. And he told them that America wasn't ready for a black champion, as you see that never I mean his match never took effect. But um I I do agree with with Bruce too, in a way, because I don't feel like I was ready. I mean, I I was still green as, you know, I don't know what. But I I have to kind of agree with that a little bit.
1: Do you feel by you not going with Vince's storyline of hanging you with the rope and sticking with your convictions, was that a mistake in hindsight? Because maybe you could have done more, for fans and young athletes out there, if you just would have went with it, or do you do you still stand by your decision?
0: I think about it all the time, and in um in a way, I wish I probably would have went home to go went ahead and did it, but other things were were, were playing as part in that too, like, like you know what? all the drugs that were back there all you know. So forth, so forth. And then I caught myself taking Viking soma, which I never did. I mean, I never took an aspirin, man. I started taking Viking soma, And I didn't want to get in that rut and be the next one on the RIP list, you know. Mm. So, I mean, in a way, I'm glad I left when I did because otherwise I probably would have got caught up in drugs.
1: Did you feel lonely too, like a man on his own island? Again, we're just fans – you lived it, but from what we hear you see, it just seemed like the boys just either for whatever reason were jealous or they just didn't get along with you. Did Was that part of the problem too? You didn't feel like you were part of a family?
0: Right. There was a lot of jealousy going on, and I, for one, you know, didn't care. But the fact that not one – well, one guy did, Razor Ramon – but one guy tried to help me in the business. You know, they could have put me to the side and said, hey, I'm at this, that, and other. But Razor Ramon was the only one to put me to the side. After my matches, he would watch my matches behind the curtain. And he pulled me over to the side, and he told me, do more of this, do less of this. To this, do more of that. I mean, he just helped me out as much as he could.
3: Was he and like I, that would
0: and- that, I would expect that, you know, Farouk being a world champion and being black, that he would have done it, you know, put right. me to the side and helped me out. Right. But that never happened. It was just jealousy.
3: Was Scott Hall like that in general with the, uh, the up and coming talent, you know, or did he just, you know, take a
1: liking to you?
0: I don't think he's like that with everybody. I think he just took a liking to me.
1: Interesting. Okay. So you just talked about Simmons not reaching out and helping you, which makes a lot of sense. Was he the same way towards like a Mark Henry, who also was green at that time, or even a Dwayne Johnson, or did you see him helping them?
0: No, I never saw him helping anybody, but he probably did help them because, I mean, he wasn't jealous of them, but he was jealous of me. But uh, he probably did help them out a little bit. And, you know, that would have been so cool if he would have helped me out and talked to me, being that we were mashed up together and it seemed like he would have pulled me to the side and talked to me about certain things, but no, he never did. That's
3: really interesting. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit. I wanted to get your thoughts on the night that Owen Hart passed away. I know that you were wow. – I don't think you were with the company at any at that point when he did, but your thoughts on the night that Owen Hart obviously met his untimely demise.
0: Man, that broke my heart, man you talking about one funny dude, one good guy back in the locker rooms? That broke my heart to see you know Owen go out like that, and especially because I heard the rumors that he was telling Vince that he didn't want to do it, that he didn't want to come down off, off the top of the ceiling like that. But, you know, they got the ways of making you do what you got to do.
3: You think Owen Hart's wife, Martha, is doing uh, Owen Hart's legacy a little bit of a disservice not working with the WWE. She does stuff with AEW. Uh, she obviously hates the WWE. Is it a disservice, right. though, to Owen Hart himself?
0: Well, I, I think if she got with WWE, it would help her out a lot more with her situation and as far as her charity goes. But I can't blame her for hating them.
1: Do you, do you hate Vince McMahon?
0: No, I don't hate him. I don't hate him at all.
1: Is Vince McMahon a good person?
0: Um, I wouldn't say that either. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say he's a good person. But, I mean, I, I don't hate him at all, man, because, you know, he opened the door and let me in, you know. So, and I appreciate that.
3: In the end, do you think that you were just resented because Vince had such a, uh, you know, a, an interest in you during your time there? the what now? Do you think that in the end that a, a lot of the hatred you received or a lot of the uh, you know friction you got from the locker room, do you think that in the end it was because Vince McMahon himself was very supportive of pushing you and the other guys were all just a bunch of jealous fucks?
0: Oh, brother, you hit that right on the head. That That's exactly what it was. You hit that right on the head.
3: Have you ever thought about possibly reaching out to a lot of your detractors and trying to like, you know, hey, Let's have a talk about this after all these years of bashing. You ever thought about trying to clear the air with some of these people, or is it just like screw them?
0: Well, brother, I see where you just let a dead dog lie. I don't, you know, believe in catching, you know, reaching out to any of them. I mean, because it was what it was, and it's in the past. Mm-hmm. But if I had one question I would ask Ron Simmons, why didn't you as a brother reach up and try to help me? If you, you know, you want to criticize things or go back, why didn't you, you know, try to help me when I was there? I know the answer. You know, he said he was jealous. And then the whole nation was jealous because, I mean, you got to see. Here this kid is coming off the streets, getting WWF. Nobody knows him. And he's being pushed hard. And he become the first black incontinent champion and would have became the first black world champion. You know, and, and they didn't appreciate that because they have been in the business for 14 years, you know, 10 years. And here's this kid ain't even been in business for a year, and he gets this kind of push. So they were very jealous. So I don't blame—I don't blame them for being jealous. I probably would have been jealous too.
1: Kevin Nash has a podcast called Click This. Um, seems to be a very intelligent guy. Uh, you talked about Scott Hall. He had a very close relationship with Kevin Nash, as you know. How is yes. Kevin Nash as a human being?
0: How was Kevin Nash? What?
1: As a human being. Uh, a Kevin
0: seemed to be really cool, man. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any problem with Kevin, and he seemed to be a, a pretty cool dude, man. Hmm.
3: Was anybody stupid enough to test you physically behind the scenes? No. Okay. All right. Just a lot of shit talking, but nobody willing to pony up.
0: Right, but what the thing about it is, nobody did that while I was there. I mean, if you're going to shit talk to me, do it in my face. So let me know what's up. You know what I'm saying?
3: So this was revealed years later. Years later, this all came out. You must have been like, what the?
0: Yeah. I'm like, you know, what the hell is all this all about? But they seen a a running horse and they decided to jump on it. (laughs) You know, half the guys don't even know me.
1: Especially with the internet. You could just pile on. Yep. We had D'Lo Brown on last week. Um, <laughs> he's laughing already so Dilo Dilo made a comment about you which Farrell brought up earlier that he felt that you really didn't want to be in the industry you didn't care about the industry it was all about yourself and he took care of things in the locker room with you you know as well as I do I was trying to set up a a call-in from the great Ahmad Johnson.
3: Read it this way. Yes. Um, I love this.
1: And I screwed up the time. I apologize. As usual, I <laughs> screw things up. But if you were to have that call-in, what would you have sent to DLO last week? Damn.
0: I first to ask him, what is his definition of beating somebody up? You know, I've never been, first of all, if I've been beat up in the locker room, you guys would have known all about it, being sure, you know, in podcasts and you're in the business and, you know, all those little secrets and traits. It would have got out to you guys and other podcasts so quick or to Facebook and it's so quick. If Deedle Hat beat me up in the locker room, I'd like to know where did he get the thing that he beat me up at?
3: We got to get these two on at the same time. <laughs> you need. You need to. How did you put this? You need to not fuck this up. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hey, unbelievable! That is great. That's all right. I'm fucking up tonight. I'm reading questions like I don't even know what the hell they say half the time. I don't know what's going on here.
0: Yeah, bro. I've loved doing your show. Get him and me together.
1: I would love that. That would have been great. We're gonna work that out, and we're just gonna let you guys talk it out. I mean that. This is what I don't understand. Is it a wrestling thing? You you, you have these feelings about Ron. I'm, I'm not trying to speak for you, but I'm sure as a young guy in the business, you know who Ron Simmons is. Yeah. You know what he meant for the business. Yeah. You have this opportunity to work with him, and you see there's a problem. How come you guys can't talk in the locker room and say, hey, man, what's the issue here?
0: Well, we, we could have talked in the locker room. I was willing to do that. But, you know, once he gave me a kick and, and lacerated my kidney, and then I hear him saying, you know, after I left, I hear him saying that he did it on purpose because he was jealous. Ooh. I mean, that really burns me up, man.
3: Ooh. Mm. I want them on the couch, the two of them. Let's do it.
1: Wow. Does it hurt you personally that he said that, that he tried to finish you on purpose?
0: Oh, yeah, that devastated me, man. I mean, I wouldn't expect to hear that. No, especially from another uh, black wrestler. I wouldn't expect him to hear that at all, man.
3: You try contacting him? Well, I took that as an accident. Public? Did you try contacting Do him I? after he went? Did you try contacting Ron after he went public with that, like, to reach out to him? Like, what the hell is this?
0: No. That's, I mean, they, they all got their, their versions of the story. If listen, Mark Henry's story, uh, I hurt Farouk first by breaking his ribs. No, I didn't. I got the kick first, and if you look at um, the street fight with me and the Road Warriors, I slammed through a table, and yeah, I tried to hurt him. So I broke some of his ribs and I slammed through the table. But that was all from a receipt that he gave me earlier. Right, right.
1: You sued the WWE um, for racism. What was the reason behind that?
0: Did I do what now?
1: According to what I read... You had some issues with the WWE with some racism issues, and it could not be true. Maybe I'm getting wrong information, but you sued them. Is that true?
0: No, I never tried to sue them.
1: Okay, just trying. You know, just information. I thought I heard you
0: moved the. No, I never tried to sue them. But I mean, yes, there was was racism going on, but I never tried to sue them.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Because I mean,
1: what kind of racism was going on?
0: It was, you know, it wasn't necessary with Vince. It was with the boys, with Sean and all them. It wasn't necessary with Vince, I don't think. I think it was more of the boys. Did
3: you ever, were you ever the victim of like, you know, the N word or, you know, anything of that level?
0: Yes. When I won the uh, Intercontinental Championship, I went out to my car and somebody had scratched on it. Congratulations, nigger.
1: Wow. That is pathetic. And you certainly thought that was one of the boys, right?
0: I I believe it was one of the boys.
1: Why wouldn't a guy? I, mean, I can't prove it. Right. What's that? Understood.
0: Sorry, I I can't, can't prove it, it but you can't know, prove it. But
1: yeah. why would a guy your size—and I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you—wouldn't take Shawn Michaels in the back and just slap the living shit out of him and put him put him straight? Or are you instantly fired if you do
0: that? Exactly. You would have been fired on a heartbeat. Hmm. Like I said, Deshaun Michaels was back then with the Rockets to the WWF, you know, now. I mean, he had the pool, he had the position, and you knew if you'd met with him that he would have seen that you were fired.
1: And he actually had the power to stop your WWE championship run.
0: Yes, he, he could have. He could have well he really did because I, I was I I was supposed to take him on for the championship. Right. But you know, what I heard, he told Vince that, you know, the America wasn't ready for a black champion. So that never happened. But it was setting up for me and him to go at it.
3: Did Vince ever tell you that he was thinking about putting the strap on you to make you world heavyweight champion? Did you ever hear that from Vince?
0: No, he he kept that pretty low key. Um, even when I became Intercontinental Champion, before we went out the curtain, they usually tell you who's going over. And Vince didn't tell me or Dustin who was going over, except right toward the end of the match, the referee said, I met you going over. Hmm. And that's how we found out I was going to become the first black Intercontinental Champion. And he did the same thing with the world belt. He wouldn't have told me until it was that time.
3: What was Dust's reaction during the match? Um what? I'm just curious when you're going on the fly like that. I mean, somebody could be like, nah, I'm not doing that. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, he was go the man. He did the job for me, and I appreciate that so cool. much. Cool. That he took the bump for me and did the job, man.
1: What happened in WCW? I remember when you appeared. It's like, oh, shit, he's back. This is great. Why didn't that work out?
0: Because, number one, I wasn't ready to come back, man. Um, Stevie Ray and Vince Russo met me at a restaurant and we talked about it. And I told him no, no, no several times. And then I thought about it. And me and Stevie Ray had grew up in the streets together. I mean, we knew each other way before WCW or WWF. And so I couldn't see me let my partner down like that. So I told him, you know, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. The reason I didn't want to do it was because I was out of shape. Um, my wind was was gone. I mean, I couldn't breathe or to nothing because all the weight I gained. But I wish they would have gave me a chance to get back in shape. I already need at least six months to get back in shape, but that didn't happen. I and mean, I had to go out there on the fly, like right now.
3: What are your thoughts on Vince
0: Russo? Uh, Vince Russo's always been cool with me, man. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with Vince.
3: Did you call him bro? <laughs> No. Why not, bro? This is New York, bro. And by the way, no, you've to you lean forward because when you lean times. back, I
1: see your Red Sox logo. you got to lean forward. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Ahmed, so WCW doesn't work out. How come you then just decide to leave wrestling? Were you just done? Were you soured Ooh. on it? I mean, think about what all the fans missed and what you missed out on.
0: Yeah, I I decided to to get out of the business, like I said, because the drug running rapid was at WCW2. You know, and it it was just a bad feeling for me. You know, I just didn't want to get involved in that game. And I guess with all the injuries I had, I started taking Viking Insoma, and it didn't do me any good. I mean, it it made me feel like I don't know what. And I had a daughter on the way, and I didn't want to, you know, be that kind of a dad. Do you
3: feel that walking away from wrestling and all those traps that you saw may have very well possible possibly saved your life or
1: from getting sucked into that sort of thing?
0: I believe that a hundred percent.
1: I wanna ask you I want to ask you about life after wrestling. You decide you're gonna hang it up. You're this flesh, this lightning bolt. Yeah. What Definitely. do you do? Like like, do you Never. apply for a job and then someone go, holy shit, it's Ahmaud Johnson? I mean, like, how does that work?
0: Well, I, I, after I stopped wrestling, I went and work for an oil company called Dresser Ran. And the guy that run the oil company was a wrestling fan. So he just hired me one day, man. Got a phone call from him and he asked me if I like to come work there. And they were paying outstanding. Well, you know, the oil company, they're going to pay good anyway. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just, with being myself, man, and I, I you know, I enjoyed it. What
3: they have you doing? P- pulling oil rigs out of the ground or something, and putting them in other spots? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no.
0: But basically, you know, we go out and check the oil tankers and and do stuff like that, inspections and stuff like that.
1: Wow. Was there any point where you were like? after a while going, man, I'm Ahmaud Johnson? Or were you like, you know what? I'm kind of happy where I put myself. I'm okay with this.
0: Well, you kind of hit on both of them. In a way, I was like, man, I'm Matt Johnson. You know, I you know, should be back in the ring. This, that, and other. When I thought about, you know, once again, all the drugs and all the stuff that was running rampant in there, and I was like, you made the best decision. Because in my mind, like the Lord was telling me, that if I stayed there, I would have died.
1: Mm. So one of and the that, great—that's not a int-
0: chance I was willing to take. Yeah.
1: One of the great interviews, and by the way, we're glad if that's a decision you made, and you're still with us. God oh, yeah. bless you. You're yeah, looking good. Thank you. I'm looking good. Um, one of the great interviews of all time is you, the ultimate warrior. And Shawn Michaels, um, Shawn Michaels definitely high as f, right? Which you could tell. Yeah, Jim Hellwig, who's who knows what planet he's on?
3: Yeah, he's high when and, the and
1: then there's you. And to be fair, you know how much I love you, and we love you. You didn't have the greatest mic skills. You were this intense beast, right? Right. Tell me what Jim Hellwig was like, and please tell me like what that interview segment was like putting it together.
0: Well, the warrior, man, was like, when I first came in, into the arena that day, walked past the locker room, the warrior was like, I'm in. Come get dressed in here with me because he has his own locker room. And so I went in and got dressed with him. And, brother, he was just an a outstanding guy. For me, I mean, you know, like I told you, you guys before, you can only judge a man by the way the man treats you. Sure. If a man treats you like an asshole, then he's an asshole. If a man treats you good, then, hey, he's good. Sure. But he's always been fair with me. But that interview was like stirring up gumbo. Everybody had their own <laughs> something to say and it was terrible. It actually
1: wasn't terrible. It was pretty fantastic, <laughs> just from my side. I mean, I thought it was incredible. It's a very attractive car crash, you gotta admit. Do you Exactly? <laughs> Another strange question. Jim Hellwig says, Ahmad, come in, let's get changed together. You start to feel comfortable. He's treating you really good. Do you turn to him and say because now this is his second turn in the WWE and right. we all heard the problems he had, right? He was almost an outcast in right. in a lot of ways. Yeah, he was. Right. It, he was. Do you do you remain guarded or do you break down and say, hey Jim, I'm having some issues here. What do Ooh, you think's going on? Very interesting.
0: No, I was being I was being guarded. I didn't tell, let him know about my issues too much that I was having there, but he told me that I was a lot like him because he didn't hang out with the boys. He didn't go drinking with the boys, go do drugs with the boys. And he would even check into another hotel. So he didn't have to stay with the boys, mm. but you know, like I say, he said, just seemed to be an all around good dude, man. And um, I think that, you know, me being that way, not hanging out with the boys, not doing drugs with the boys. I think that kind of rubs some of them the wrong way. They, oh, he thinks he's better now. So whatever, it's not that, It's just that I wasn't into what you were into. I know my lane. I stayed in my lane.
3: That must make you feel pretty good to know that the Ultimate Warrior might have seen a little bit of uh, you in his own self.
0: Yes. Yes, it it made me feel real good.
3: Your thoughts when he passed away. Obviously, you do have some fond memories of him, and, and his death was an absolute tragic shock. He finally makes up with Vince. He gets in the Hall of Fame. He goes on Monday Night Raw, and I think the next day he's dead, basically.
0: Yeah, that, that was scary to me. I mean, that that was just totally scary to me. It, and I felt bad, man, when it happened. But, you know, you got to be honest. When you're taking that much juice, brother, it's going to get back to you one way or the other.
3: At what point, because at, at one point, I, you know, no disrespect, you were like a balloon. At what point did you think to yourself, I I better take it easy on this
0: shit? Um. Probably, you know, when I left WWF, I decided, you know, that wasn't for me.
3: Were you having side effects from it? I mean, you know, like what happens when you get that big and you look that much like a statue? I mean, what are the side effects to stuff like that? I wouldn't know. I'm built like a twig. But in your case.
0: Well, thank God I I, I didn't have any side effects, you know. But um, there's all kinds of side effects that come with it. It depends on what, what you're using.
1: Ahmed, we were we were talking to John Cena Senior. He's been on a show a few times, and John Senior Cena, sorry, John has Senior. been has been in like he holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the Make a Wish Foundation, things like that, uh, which is incredible. Did you have any opportunities uh, to go to some children hospitals and be able to, you know? help some of these children Did Vince ever put you in that situation?
0: Oh yeah, brother. I've been to the hospitals and, you know, been to the schools and everything else. He was pretty good about putting me in those situations. But, um, the one thing about it is I, even today I still help out with the homeless vets. Cause to me, that's important that, you know, we try to get them. I mean, they serve our country, man, just like I did, you know? And, um, me being ex-military and everything, I, I just think it's a bad situation that they are in now. So I try to help them out as much as I can.
1: By the way, again, thank you for your service, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. What is, in your opinion, is wrong with this country that we don't take care of the the, the people that have sacrificed their lives for the freedoms that we have, where what is wrong with this country?
3: We might need another hour for that answer, Ramad, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> um, I just think, man, that the people that are that, in charge, the White House, I mean, ignore them. None of them's ever served. I mean, as far as, you know, going from Barack to Trump to Biden, they have never served, so they don't really give a damn about them. You know, you serve me, you shut your mouth and let me run the country and blase, that's it.
3: You think today's generation uh, even realizes that World War II, in the true scale of time, wasn't that long ago? Oh, are they that clueless? To uh, you know,
0: I think they're that clueless.
3: Yeah, I don't think they care.
0: Way. Number one, and I don't think that they would. You know, if they did care, they would know what to do with it.
3: I don't think so either. I, th- I, I, I'm, i was always afraid that if we do have a world war, they're going to say, I, I'm not fighting. I, there's something on my cell phone tonight.
0: Well, exactly. That kind of gets me with the uh, people from, um, what's the country that we can send all this money to lately?
3: We we send money to everybody. Who are we sending money to lately? He's asking which country we're sending all this money to.
1: That could be anybody. Ukraine, dude. Oh,
2: is that? But well, it could <laughs> be anybody.
3: Everybody, they take it.
1: Oh, Jesus.
2: I'll tell you right. something else. Ukraine... If,
3: if the last guy was in the White House, I don't think that Russia's into Ukraine, but let's not get into that either. Right.
0: Okay. With Ukraine... The African and some of the Hispanics, you're not going to fight for your own country. So what in the hell makes you think they're going to fight for ours?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they're truth. not going to fight for our country. Truth. It's truth. You know, and that, that really makes me mad. It should. Especially when I look at the Ukraine, for all the people who went over there, came over here, the men, grown-ass men, wasn't willing to fight for the country. Maybe I'm crazy. I believe in fighting for mine. Yeah. But that's the way I feel about it.
1: Yeah, well, what do you feel feels more of an honor, being a a veteran for this country, or being a pro wrestling legend?
0: Well, you know, I I was I graduated most distinguished undergraduate out of my class, out of two thousand soldiers, I graduated number one, wow. top of the class. Damn. So that compared to intercontinental championship, it's a hard balance, man, because. I mean, here we are in Wisconsin where people are saying, oh, they're racist, and that, and the other. But they gave me the biggest pop I ever had when I won that belt. So, I mean, it's it's a hard decision to go between the two.
1: Well, I, I will say this for me uh, uh, as a wrestling fan. Some of the top moments um, that I remember, one, Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson winning those tag team titles. Oh, yeah. You right. winning an intercontinental title. Mm-hmm and then ron simmons winning his heavyweight title in that order that was, right yeah in that order tony atlas rocky johnson because i was such a young guy and it just holds right. deep in my heart you because obviously i was a huge fan of yours number 1 and you were an innovator Thank you. and uh i honestly i was shocked i i could not believe it actually happened and it actually was, it just was more important to me than the Ron Simmons yeah. NWA Heavyweight Championship mm-hmm. or WCW. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock on Simmons. It's no. not a knock on that They're match all either. they great moments. Um, if you could do anything different in the wrestling world, because everything else you've done has been fine and so is your wrestling, what would you have done differently? Would you have acted differently? Would you have apologized to somebody? What would it it be?
0: No, the only thing I would have done different is, I would have got somebody that could train me about what the business was all about, because it's more than just being in the ring. It's you know how you carry yourself outside the ring along with everything else. But I, I wouldn't have changed the thing. I just would have had a, a, found a mentor that, you know, can help me along and show me the ropes and what was going on. That's one thing I was lacking was I had no mentors.
3: You know, they always say that The Undertaker is the locker room leader and has been the captain of the, the locker room for decades. Where was he during all of this? Did you ever go to him and say, hey, leader, lead, What the what's going on in this place? What's with these dynamics? Do, was there any interaction between you and the captain of the clubhouse, The Undertaker?
0: No, brother, you you got that right on the money. I didn't. I wish I would have. Instead of waiting for them to come to me, I should have went to them. So I'm not blaming Undertaker or anybody else for that. That was my fault. I should have got off my butt and told them, you know, hey, you guys help me along here and show me the ropes. But I didn't, and that's on me.
1: Let's clear up one rumor that I heard, which is just stupid, but was there a, a, a was there any truth to you putting in some fake implants in your arms or in your legs? What?
0: That, uh, right? What? Man, and if so, where you, can arms, I get them? If I had fake implants, they would still be in there. Trust me.
2: <laughs> but no, I, I
0: I don't know where that came from, man. I mean, I'm glad in a way it, it just honored because my triceps were that devastating. I didn't know it was that devastating. Somebody said I put implants in, but no, I've never had implants in my arms. Matter of fact, I couldn't even afford it.
3: Did you want to cut down on your size at some point to help you with your in ring wrestling, you know, to maybe become more agile, or did you want uh, uh, or were you stuck almost having to look that way? Because it's obvious Vince loved that look, right. I mean, well, did you have any
0: I wouldn't have cut my weight in a WWF because I was like I was 350. And where are you gonna see a 350 pounder dive over the top rope and do all these it looks like the that. stuff I was doing? You, you mm-hmm. can't find it. So I would have kept my size like it was until I started gaining weight in WCW, and then I would have I, I I hate that.
3: So it's hard for you to look at the WCW. Uh, do you do you go back and look at your old matches? Are you even having interest in anything like that?
0: Well, you know, I do the WWE, I go back and look at them and show my daughter, you know, okay, but she could give a damn less, but i show her anyway.
3: <laughs> that sucks. What you will watch this now. Yeah. <laughs> this is an on-board. Check this out.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, you would think most kids who have Ahmed Johnson, her dad, would tell everybody. I mean, she doesn't even tell people at work. She Dude. doesn't show it to her friends. As far as she's concerned, she's just Nina Norris. Wow. Interesting.
3: It's good stuff. This is my pop. He does oil. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's great. What's that thing on the wall? <laughs> ah, she at the Continental bell. Who cares? I don't get it. Wow.
0: That's basically her her attitude.
3: Interesting.
0: Okay. That's She's keeping
1: good. it real, though. She's keeping you in check, Dad. Yes. <laughs> All right, yes, we're gonna, I know who Dad is. We're going <laughs> to let you go. Thank you so much. We have one thing last. There's uh, something called the Pharaoh's final question. It's unscripted, uh, so I don't know what he's going to ask you. But, again, I want to say out of uh, our bellies, I think, maybe I could say this. Our bellies? Thank you. You're always so polite to us, and you're always so willing to help us out. And I got to tell you, not I'm just a fan. I'm glad I could call you a friend. And if there's anything we could do for you, we would do it in a heartbeat. Go ahead, Farrell.
0: Okay, brother. Y'all just two good interviewers, man, the the best.
1: Thank you. So, I
0: mean, I take that and I run with it. Jim Bean... Did a good thing by joining on with you guys, man.
1: I appreciate that, sir. A toast.
3: All right, Ahmad, let's go. I was thinking about something that I've been thinking about a lot lately because of the recent uh, arrival of number eight, formerly number 12. Do you think in our lifetime that the Jets will ever win a Super
1: Bowl?
0: <laughs> Come on, uh, on, be nice.
3: Please tell the, tell in the truth. In our lifetime,
0: tell in, the truth. In our lifetime, maybe he could pull a Tom Brady off. I mean, Aaron Rodgers seemed to be better than Tom Brady at that time, so maybe Aaron Rodgers could pull one off.
3: You see, there's hope for us
1: because
0: he's convinced
3: he's, we're both going to trying, the grave, and he, that's he, that. Look, I'm we're a, not going to, you, you know. I
1: appreciate <laughs> you trying to be nice. Yeah, I know you. what you really want to say. <laughs> what? What does he really want to say?
0: He wants to say no. <laughs> Don't
1: uh, am I, do you really want to say no? Am I being
0: delusional as usual? No, I, I believe with Aaron Rodgers and, and once they get their their shit together, I, th- I think they're going to do great.
3: You hear that? Not good. Uh, great. Right. Great means only one thing: well, Z-Ring!
1: Talk- yeah, good. What? I'll what? see you in a couple of months. Oh no. My one last question to the to the fa- to your millions of fans out there, mm. and then obviously the dirt sheets and everything else. If you had a bunch of fans there and they, would, they wanted to know the truth about Ahmad Johnson, the man, as a wrestler, as a human being, what would you say to these fans?
0: I would tell them that Ahmed Johnson was a character and that Tony Norris is somebody totally different. Somebody they would love to know and love to have on their side. But Ahmed Johnson was just a character, man. And, you know, it brought some good fans aboard. I mean, I love my fans, man. But, you know, outside of that, I'm just a man.
3: If Shawn Michaels, out of nowhere, contacted you and asked you, would you come and sit with me at a Sunday service, would you do it?
0: Yes, I would.
1: Oh, yeah, nice. I, I like would. I,
0: I would like to, to, you know, take his temperature and see if he's real or fake. In church?
1: And if Shawn Michaels said, Hey, Tony, let's get some rifles after church and let's shoot some innocent baby deers. Would you join in? Stand still for Jesus. No. (laughs) No. You you wouldn't? That I wouldn't do. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Ahmad, thank you for joining us. You are a wrestling legend. You should be in the Hall of Fame. You will be in the Hall of Fame. Better be. Yeah. How do you know that a wrestler has made his mark in this great business? Because when you say his name, everybody knows who he was. Right. And that is your sir. Yeah, everybody jumps. What was that? Everybody
0: jumps the board, even if it's the bad, you know, people. There Uh, you go. There
1: you go. Thank you, sir. You're a gentleman. Thank you. And, again, we appreciate you. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, thank you guys, man. I'm glad to be here.
3: Hope to speak to you soon, Ahmad. Thanks again, brother. Okay. Man, I love that guy. I love that guy. I do, too. I absolutely do. He is genuine. First of all, he's the, he's the real deal. Best voice. I love his voice. Best voice ever. He's great. He is. I mean, I wish I had that voice in junior high. Could you imagine me walking around oh even though God. I was 10 pounds? If I had that, that voice, It would have been How like, good does he look right he now? He looks fantastic.
1: There's a picture on the internet. Where Outside looks, of the Red he Sox He looks Sox jersey. very, very heavy. And again... Really? For us who battle weight... No, there's, the, there's pictures on the internet. I'm just okay. saying. Like, if all you... Right. Look. You were a wrestling fan. Yeah. You watch the Attitude Era, yeah. right? Yeah. And you even admitted. You kind of like dissipated from it for a while because you just had enough. Yeah. Right? It happens. And then all of a sudden, one day, you're on the internet, right? Yeah. This new thing called the computer. Right. Right? And then, you know, years go by and I it's remember. like, oh, let me, oh, my Johnson. Let me think. Well, let's see what sure. he looks like now. Yeah. And you look up. There's some pictures where he's got some weight on him. It's called getting older. Well, Shit I, happens. I get it. Yeah. But what's amazing to me is... He looked great on the last interview. He, looks fantastic. he even looks better now. Had no idea to do to sixty. I want him to block for the Jets. I know I keep bringing our poor team up, but uh, you know he, he could probably do a good job. Okay, I know we just had him on the show. Yeah. And I want you to be faro honest here. Oh, uh, what okay? are you going to do to me
3: now? Where Go ahead.
1: does Go ahead. Ahmad Johnson rank in the annals of history for pro wrestlers? Dude, that's such. a, We would be here quite a while for that
3: one. First of all as far as bullet note bullet lines right let me put it this way as far as what you said earlier when you do you remember somebody Mm. Holy crap man that you're right the guy was like a a a, a comet shooting ultimate sc- warrior he was absolutely. i mean he was absolutely memorable and i still can ju- I, I just think back on on i never seen a physique like that never ever i'm serious i agree and we've seen many oh, yeah. different chiseled looks that guy was a concrete wall. Absolutely. I I mean, I was just amazed by his... He was a specimen, and I could see why Vince fell in love with him. To me, it's very unfortunate, and I don't blame him one bit for going, I'm not lowering myself and dealing with this junior high school bullshit in the back. That's probably something I would have done and I would have needed somebody like you to right, go. To say you're Jimmy, a mistake.
1: Jimmy, like Calm and he down. was saying
3: it he, he deserved he deserved to have someone
1: like he, that. He should have had someone like here's that. Here's what I wanted to hear. Right. So he he talked about Ron Simmons, yeah. right? And yeah. I saw that interview Ron said he was jealous of him. I'm disappointed right? when I hear well, these things about Ron. That's I not, mean, not the disappointing part to me. There's a right because everybody's trying to fight for the top. I
3: get that part. Here's what
1: I would have liked to see. Yeah. Are here. Yeah. Ron Simmons on that interview go, I really need to reach out to him because I owe him an apology. He should have. Doesn't fix anything. No. But in hindsight, as you get older, and we joke about Shawn Michaels, I'm hoping he's he's real. Okay. We joke about it. Right. But like a guy like Ron Simmons, you had this illustrious career. You're this great athlete. I understand you got bit by the green Mm -hmm. jealousy. Everybody does. Right. Um, You even went overboard and tried to hurt someone to right. end their career, which is not good. Right, Okay. right. But then when you look back and you think about what you did, you should openly admit and say, yeah, you did I owe, you I did owe this man wrong. an apology.
3: And the reason why not to shift to Sean, but I think the reason why a lot of people don't buy Sean's conversion is, is because a lot of us probably think... He was probably thinking to himself about all his horrible behavior and feeling the pressure, like, man, i, 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 I got to do something. Some things are unforgivable. You no, can't, I'm saying that's no, why no, he not no, got it. Like, oh, but I'm like, going to go like, to hell for some of the crap no, I did. Maybe
1: that's like, what he was thinking. I don't wrong, know. It's wrong for me so to say I'm, I'm going to run this way you, instead of this way you now. You can't hurt as many people as he hurt and hurt a lot use of people. your excuse of drugs and your attitude. No. Right? I understand Sean wanted to He manipulated
3: the best. so many people. What are you doing smacking Sonny's ass when Chris Cantino was That's set? not
1: even happening. No, I understand Dude, that. But in you, a
3: microcosm, that's a pretty nice little example you, you of have the, had the world, world partnership. around me. You have what this partnership
1: that? with Marty Gennetti. You move play. on. You advance. Yeah, I understand it's life. But yes. at some point, you should look back and go, this brother is hurting right now. You know now. something, Mr. I should reach how, out.
3: How about this for a message right now to the converted Sean Michaels? Right. Get your buddy in the Hall of Fame fame do something to remind marty that he is worth something and go. was worth something yeah amen that's a great
1: comment that's okay. a great comment I wish it was right from the heart that's a great comment. do the right thing hey, here's, here's the thing so i you know we've had wrestlers on here and and Damn. they're not fans of ahmad right we've yeah we've, right got yeah. it Here's the thing, but the world's number one pro wrestling broadcast is fans of Ahmad. Well, here's here's so that's a great are. point. But so there you here's, go. Here's, here's the thing. Yeah, I think I can tell if someone's bad or good. Like I could feel it. I, I love. This Look, guy. I don't think D'Lo was a bad guy. No, he was D-Lo's great. cool. He was a great guy. He was fine, yeah. but I think Ahmad. I think Ahmad was young, green, and had no guidance. I agree, and he, as he said, and I think he was
3: incredibly misunderstood, and his physique. Probably scared the crap out of half of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, come on. He was a specimen.
1: He really was. Anyway, fantastic interview. Great job. Thank you. Uh, Thank you guys again for joining us. We love you guys so much. Again, thank you for allowing us to come into your homes, the Monty Nefaro family.
2: Mm -hmm. Don't
1: forget next week. Uh, we have the Tommy Cairo story. Yes, we do Uh quick count on Tommy. Tommy was the original ECW. So this is right from the beginning. This is like, um, the Morocco snooker,
3: Morocco Todd snooker. Gordon even before Paul Todd Todd got there, Gordon,
1: right before you Paul, know. where um, is Todd Gordon? I want to talk to Todd Gordon. So Todd Gordon's books coming out. Nice. So we will get Todd Gordon on the show. He's awesome. Be um, to talk about his book. That'd be great. Um, Tommy was a bodybuilder, huge dude, Mm -hmm. Um, really good guy. Yep. Uh, And you know he's got a lot of stories to tell, man. I mean, look, everybody knows I'm not a fan of Tommy Dreamer, of a wrestler, and as a human being, and I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't like him. No. All right, I don't like Billy Ray. Don't like him at all either. Um. Uh, You
3: know. And, and that's been hard for me because you know what a big Bully Ray fan absolutely. I was. You know, with Bubba and Devon, and Dion from back in the days in Elwood and stuff like that. But um, R.J. Hudson says, by the way, Marty Jannetty definitely should be in all. Oh of God, it's a joke that he's not. It's an absolute joke at
1: this point. I want to thank Spidey for coming back, Spidey. Spidey. Thank you for first
3: show back, Sp-
1: Spidey. What are you? Are you measuring yourself? What are you doing over there? Unbelievable. Anyway, I want to thank you. Thank everybody. We'll see you next Thursday, which we got this t- Tommy Cairo story. Sure. Then we've got Saturday, JoJo from Big Brother in studio. <laughs> yes. You can definitely measure me that day. <laughs> <laughs> what? And then we've got uh, Wahoo I, McDaniels' terrible. wife in studio, uh, not That's in studio, awesome. over the internet. Sure. I'm awesome. very excited for Absolutely. Karen McDaniel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and we want I'm still to thank, blown away, you got her. I like, want to what? thank the great intuitive for having us on, every week. Absolutely. And we want to thank Jim Beam for joining well, the world's number one pro wrestler. The moment broadcast. the Pharaoh gets home, he's going to thank Jim Beam. So if you call me
3: early tomorrow, there's a chance I might be under the table. But I will be profiling in style. See you guys next Thursday. You've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh. And until next time, we love you all. Later.